Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. This podcast is home to the raw, real, unscripted conversations that nobody else wants to have. On Tuesdays, I bring in the guest experts, and on Thursdays, you'll hear all the high thoughts. So excited that you are here, so grab your coffee, cocktail, whatever your drink of choice is, and let's head to the lounge. Macy, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. What are you drinking today? I am drinking, or should I say downed, an almond milk latte from my local uh, coffee shop down the street. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. I have some nice water. <laughs> Love water. Yeah, right? Okay, I have been so excited to get you on this podcast, especially once I found you on Instagram for something so random. And then I was like, wait, you look amazing. And there's there's many reasons why I say that. Like, she's beautiful. She also has a tampon brand. And she also is in line with my beliefs, which I love. So Macy, can you give our listeners a little bit of background context on who you are, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Macy. I work in the tampon industry. As I like to tell people, I, t- I sell tampons on the internet. Um, <laughs> I get a huge rise out of people when I say that, but I own a company called Garnu. We just started within the last year. And so we sell organic tampons and menstrual cups, and we're quickly expanding into more and more products, which is exciting. Our goal is to serve women from their first period to their last period and do it with an impact because everything's changed and consumers are changing which products... Um, which brands they choose to support based on kind of their beliefs and the community aspect that comes with it. But I'm actually from Minneapolis. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I honestly love Minnesota. Some people don't like it, but I love the cold. I love fall weather. I love jackets. I swear I have like seven down jackets. It's kind of my thing. So it's super fun. Oh my gosh. Well, I've I'm one of those people who hates the cold. So it's good that, you know, there's other perspectives rather than me just bitching about the cold all the time. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely do our fair share of that. But, you know, at the end, we still live here. So, you know. That's true. Okay. So I have to ask what inspired you to start a tampon brand? So I actually was working with a nonprofit who did a lot of anti-trafficking work in Southeast Asia. And I, they recently started working with these girls in Nepal. And so there is this caste system. I'm not sure if you or your audience is aware of that, but there's a caste system in Nepal. And so the lowest of the lowest is called the body people, B-A-D-I. And so they are considered the untouchables and they're lower than dogs in the hierarchy of humanity. Oh my God. Just horrible, horrible stuff. And so something we don't quite understand or comprehend here in America, but a lot of these girls, they'll be sold into trafficking by their parents sometimes, just by their community, because that's the only form of a living that they can do. And so a lot of them, when they're even, when they come out of trafficking, you know, being rescued by different nonprofits, et cetera, they will go back into prostitution because they don't know how else to live. They don't know how to make a buck. And so one of the things that I saw when I was working for this nonprofit was they were doing this feminine hygiene training with the girls. And all of these girls were just I mean, it was amazing what was happening. They were talking about the forced abortions they had and all these things coming to light and understanding their bodies for the first time. And so this is just a small piece of kind of the whole scheme of how to help that situation. And so for me, I'm like, well, I could do something here in America stateside. Like I could create something. I already had this idea to create a subscription feminine care company. So that was initially how I started it is to help the girls over there. So basically it's your period, her freedom. So you're doing something good with your period every month. And so, and then on top of that, we found, I had these strong beliefs that I had, especially about women and 
through kind of 2020 and 2021, the last couple of years, how the world has just gone crazy and so polarizing and just, it's just totally different world than what it was in like 2019. Um, so I started seeing this, this trend and there's a lot of women who are fighting for women, kind of like the traditional feminists. And so we took a hold of that and we are empowering women. We're making that stance known that only women can have periods and only women can menstruate or have babies. And so that's caused a lot of controversy, but it's also grown us quite a bit. And I want to stand up for what I believe in. And I think a lot of women are feel the same. So that's kind of how we started Garnu. Have you received backlash for, for saying that fact? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's funny because I've actually lost a lot of friends for it. And so to me, I'm like, oh, okay. And I guess you really want friends, but making their stance known, like that's not true. Um, I've had a lot of DMs. It's interesting on Instagram. It goes in waves. Mm. So if we come up with something and it goes viral, we get a ton of hate for it. But a lot of people are like, you're spreading lies here. This isn't, this isn't the truth. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep saying that. So we've had a lot, but I just think if you're not getting backlash, you're probably doing something wrong. Ooh, ooh, I love that. That leads me to ask you, how do you combat negativity online? Because I'm, I know there are so many people like you who have very strong opinions, but with the way that the world has been in the last, I would say five, six years, a lot of people, especially with cancel culture, have felt really afraid to speak up and share their beliefs and, you know, call things for what they actually are. Like, is there something that you tell yourself over and over that like helps bear the burden? Do you block? Like, what's your methodology to combating the negativity that you get for speaking your truth? Yeah, it's that's a really good question. So I'm still trying to figure it out. But I know initially, there was a huge interview that went that blew up my company in a couple months ago. And I was stating these things in this interview. And like the audience was like over 1 million. And and I'm like, oh, like this just sorrow kind of came over me when it came out because my sales were going great. But I was like, I'm going to lose people for this. And I'm going to have a lot of hate coming at me. And so I my faith is really important to me. And I just kind of knew that, you know what, I have to stand for what's right. And if that means losing people that maybe weren't friends before, I'm just going to have to deal with it. And so that's like on the high level, but then on the practical level, I have people who now run my social media for me. So I don't, I try not to touch it. And when I get too in the weeds, like going, combing through and trying to respond to people, I'm like, okay, I got to take a step back I and mean, I have to kind of outsource this, so to speak. So, cause it's so personal, right? When you build a company or you build something, this is so personal. It's not just business. And so for me, I've had to really try to figure out how to navigate pushing that off onto somebody else who doesn't have the same personal attachment to it as maybe I do. And they can kind of just be point blank with it. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. Cause I mean, just, I know there's so many people that are holding themselves back because they're afraid of what the other people are going to say, what yeah. the trolls, what the haters, what the, the culture is going to say when, you know, we have our strong beliefs about what is right is right. And then other people are like, well, no, that's wrong. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just hard. Oh, yeah. because, I mean, we could go back and forth all day about our beliefs and our opinions, but I mean, in my, my personal view, I'm like, if I don't agree with something that someone says or does, I'm just not going to shop there or I'm not going to engage. Like, I don't need to go tell the rest of the world, you shouldn't shop there and comment nasty comments on your stuff. Like, like that serves no purpose at all in the world. No purpose. 
Well, and I think a lot of people just want to be heard mm-hmm. on both sides. That's true. You know, depending on what your opinion is. So that's their outlet is just to respond oh, negative. Don't. And so for me, I'm like, I can't even respond to these people because there's no, there's no solution that's going to come from it. Very rarely do you find people who are like, okay, I don't agree with that, but I still like you guys and I still support you. I had one customer previously and she was like, hi, I see your stance on this. I don't quite agree with it, but I still support you. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. I'm like, thank you. Why can't this be? And like, she quietly unfollowed us later. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Right. For not blasting us like everybody else does or making false accounts. We had an account that boycott Garnu. It has five followers. So there's really nothing there. But and then a lot of those accounts were creating false accounts, creating like, oh, Garnu gave me crabs and like gave me STDs. And like, that's not possible. But okay, you know, just very negative things. But I don't know. I think it's kind of fun at the end of the day. Yeah, right. Well, because I mean, people hate to hear this, but all press is good press, even if it's negative press, because they're still talking about you. I mean, like, that's why the Kardashians have built the empire they have is because they literally built it off negative press and then turned it into something positive. So I love what you're doing. And I think it's really freaking powerful that you're like, you know, I'm just kind of figuring it out as I go. And if people hate it, then they don't have to wear it or shop it or stick it in. There's like a huge, and that's the thing on the other side though, is when you do stand up for those things, there's a whole army behind you and they'll find you because they're loyal. So that's what I've found. And they're just, you know, they're our new girls through and through. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's very true. Oh, I thought, okay. For some reason, I thought you were saying like the trolls, like they have their army, like the Reddit trolls. And that's why I was like rolling my eyes. (laughs) Some of them have those too. Yeah. There's, there's armies on both sides, but if you can find the right army, they'll come. Yeah. And you know, I think it's really powerful what you're doing because you are giving people that subconscious permission slip to start speaking up and speaking for what they believe is true. And, you know, at the end of the day, like we are all just trying to survive. Like we are all just freaking hypocrites who say we'll never do something. And then we end up doing it one day. And like, at the end of the day, some people have way too much time on their hands. If you're like, make your life's purpose to try to cancel a company you don't agree with, like get a job, get a job. Exactly. Exactly. Are you firing? <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Something you said earlier that really stuck out to me was about your work in the sex trafficking nonprofit yeah. about how Americans just don't like, we cannot comprehend the fact that people in other countries are treated worse than dogs, like mm-hmm. on the street dogs. That brings me to a point that Americans are in such a bubble of like, we are so self-righteous, like we know everything superiority complex that like, I- I'm sure people in other countries that look over at us are like, you guys are a shit show. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's really sad, like honestly, because we're we're so, I feel like we are so conditioned to like pick one side or the other and then fight to the death for that side that there's not a lot of people that are willing to meet in the middle and actually have conversations. And if they don't agree with something off the bat, they don't even open themselves up to be like, well, you know, like, well, why do you think that? Like, they don't open themselves to have conversations because I feel like for them, it feels like life or death. Like I have to be right or I shall die. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just literally be deceased. Okay. So I've always wondered this. So you're the perfect person to ask. So when you have a product-based business idea in your head, how do you take that idea and like bring it to life? Like, do you find a manufacturer? Like I I just cannot wrap my head around how you make an idea, a product idea happen. Hey, it's Alexi McKinley. Interrupting your thought process here because 
I want to share something with you. Well, actually, can you do me a favor? Will you please stop what you're doing right now, head to my Instagram at alexi.mckinley, and DM me the words in all capitals, podcast, and see what happens. Okay, back to our regular programming. It depends on what kind of product you're doing, but if you're like creating something like a whole new, like full ingredients, if you're creating a cosmetic company, that's a little different because you do have to find a manufacturer and like test things and just test it on people too and see what people like. But for me, tampons are pretty standard for the most part. There's not a ton of manufacturers in the world to do it. But for me, I had to test it and figure out like, okay, is this product worth it? Is this going to resonate with an audience? Does an audience actually need this product that I have? So I went through probably Garnu is a, it's like a five-year overnight success kind of thing. Cause it took me quite a while to figure out the product. So initially you can go to a manufacturer, get pricing, figure out what that looks like, how much money you're going to need to do it. But then also validating the idea and figuring out like, do people actually want a tampon subscription? Is that something they want? How can I make it better? Like what companies are actually doing it or who are, who are the competitors maybe in this space? And so finding out what that is and then validating it. And so that's kind of what I did was finding exactly what everybody else is doing. And then how can I make it completely different? And that includes either branding, you know, or marketing, because we have a very specific niche audience and it's working. Whereas all the other ones, they don't really have a niche audience. It's just women and they have to align with their views now too. So it's very interesting, but yeah, you could go to a manufacturer finding out what they do, if they can create the product for you, if they can mimic the product, they can do private label, et cetera, and then ordering it and selling it. Oh my gosh. Uh, so how did you, did you always have a vision in your mind of like, oh, this is what I want the branding to look like? Or did this happen like after you got the initial product? So I initially the brand, okay. So it's, <sighs> I always wanted to be purple. That was pretty much the only thing that I had. And I wanted a cute G with like a dot on it. And that's just kind of what I wanted. Other than that, it was a lot of testing the market and figuring out what actually works. Like initially we had harsher colors and then it just wasn't working. So we wanted to go more pastel route and that worked. So kind of the branding is always evolving. And then the marketing piece with the branding is always evolving too. And so I didn't even find out this whole market of women who like are very strong for women until I was seeing where it was going. And I was getting into an attraction with just the anti-trafficking side of it. And so for that piece, I'm like, okay, why don't we just try this? And so we did it in a couple of Facebook groups and we got huge traction with it. And so we're like, all right, it's working. Let's just keep going. So there's a lot there, but for the branding and the marketing, I just wanted good, clean, organic tampons. And how that worked, I wanted a plastic applicator because... Ain't nobody got time for cardboard. No, no. It hurts. It hurts. If you want to go that route and you want to be that natural, yeah, sure, go ahead. But we're going to like intro you into the organic side with some clean BPA plastic applicators. But from that, it's just, it's always evolving, but I just wanted something organic and something purple. That's all I really wanted initially. So are the cups that you have, are those purple? They are purple. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Have you heard of, I, I, I mean, this feels so silly to me, like talking about periods and tampons, but I mean, it's the brand, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's where women. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of the discs that people yes. are doing now? I tried mm -hmm. those and I, it was just a bloody mess, literally. Did you use the re, the, the disposable ones or like the reusable one? Uh, disposable. Okay. Is that why? Well, that it just depends. Everybody kind of has their own thing that they like to do. Like the cups, it probably takes a couple periods to like get used to. And like, just like the discs too. 
I don't know. It's just, it's a different, everyone has their preferences because you start at what, 12? And then you use the same brands pretty much your entire life. So it's like a breakup when you're like actually changing your products up. So it just takes some time, you know, like any new relationship with your period products. I know. Well, I really like the cups, like the, the Men's are cool. yeah, they are so much better for me. And I'm, I'm kind of a hypochondriac when it comes to like getting toxic shock syndrome. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to have that happen because I'm, I can slip up easily and be like, uh-huh. what time is it? <laughs> right. Well, there's actually some research that I was reading recently where toxic shock is actually more of a genetic thing. Really? So if- Yeah. So there's like a genetic thing going on that you're more prone to it. But most of the time, now that there's like, you can get more organic stuff, you don't have to worry too much about it. But you know, I mean, eight hours can go by really quick. No. Okay. So when you say the tampons or organic, what does that mean versus like what you could buy in the grocery store? That's not. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do, ours is hundred percent organic cotton. So it's like the core and the string is all organic cotton. And so what's interesting is there's, there was a huge thing going around about titanium dioxide. I don't know if you saw that on TikTok, it kind of blew up. So women are starting to get more concerned about what's in their period products now. And so for us, it's just organic cotton. And then we have some type of wax on the string. So it doesn't get, you know, absorbed up in there. And that's pretty much it on the tampon itself. And so a lot of these organic tampons, you really have to look at the ingredients because they might have a titanium dioxide, which makes the tampon whiter in all other regular tampons that aren't organic have so many ingredients in them. Scary. It's kind of scary. And you're putting in your body for what, six times, four to six times for four days, four to five days a month. So like you start thinking about it, like these are the product, this is the chemicals and all the ingredients I'm putting in my body. Maybe I should kind of think about this. And so when I switched to organic years ago, my cramps, not as much, like I still will have them occasionally, but that just depends on my diet, but it's, it drastically decreased my symptoms and it was purely organic stuff. It's not really. Yeah. So it's very interesting. The cup too, a lot of people who had like a lot of, like we've had some testimonials from our cup. A lot of the girls were like, I swear the cup helped my PMS. It helped all of my symptoms. Mm. And so it's kind of interesting if it's just the products you're putting in your body or the shape or whatever you're doing, but there's something about it. There's something about the organic. Mm. I will say I started using the cup after I had my first son and I used to have really bad period cramps. Like, honestly, I would describe going into labor as period cramps that just come back every minute and a half. But when I, after I had him, I started using the cup and I don't have period cramps anymore, but I was thinking that it was probably because I had a child or like, maybe I'm immune to the pain now, but now that you said that, I'm like, wait, it probably is switching mm-hmm. to that. Okay. So interesting. Uh, I talk about this stuff all the time and I'm like, wow. Mind blown. Like we are yeah. learning so much about ourselves as women. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's about time women start taking control of their body too. And stop listening to a doctor who doesn't actually know your body, what they tell you to do, like take control over it, understand your cycle, understand how you actually can get pregnant or, you know, why you're having these symptoms. And so that's what we want to do with Garnu is empower you to own your cycle and own your body. You know what I'm I'm going to say right now, the fact that we have all been scammed onto getting into getting on birth control mm-hmm. from a, such a young age. And nobody told us like, realistically, you can only get pregnant for like the shortest window out of the month. Like, 
I had a talk with my naturopath about this. I actually have a podcast about this. It was like one of the first five that I did. And I was shook because I was like, oh, I, I should probably get on birth control because of my acne. And she was like, no, I, I wouldn't because here's all the things that birth control does. And I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. It's insane to me. Like we have been scammed as women to be on birth control and these things that now like we're finding that no wonder your hormones are fucked up or no wonder that you're having a hard time conceiving no wonder you're having all of these problems because you've been on birth control for the greater part of your life Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's the one drug that's telling your body to not do what it's supposed to be doing and Mm -hmm. women like so men are on a 24-hour clock you know you've seen that women are on like a 28 to 35 day clock so you are so cyclical you're a totally different person your body is every week of the month and so when you have something that actually affects that and adds to the chaos come on, you know, that's not cool. And so no wonder we're having all these issues, especially with women getting pregnant. I've had friends who've been on birth control for 15 years. Mm -hmm. So how long do you think that's going to take to get your body back to normal after you've been on that for 15 years? Yeah, You know, like kind of just like common sense things thinking about and like, let's stop. Come Mm -hmm. on, let's figure it out. Yeah. Well, and I love the fact that you talked about like women actually advocating for themselves with all the education and knowledge that's coming out now. Like, I love that you are a female founder that's starting a business for females. Like, like you said, the true feminist roots, but like, think of how many brands have been created by men telling women how they should look, how they should eat, how they should act, you know, like what they should put in their body. When in reality, I'm the one living with my body you're mm-hmm. the one living with your body 24 7 365. Yep. Just because a doctor says, for example, you should get the COVID shot. Does that actually mean like if you're having an internal like, oh my God, like, uh, I, I just do not feel like this is right for me. But my doctor says I should, then you probably shouldn't get it. Yeah. Trust your gut. Trust yourself. You know yeah. yourself better than anybody else does. I know, but I feel like we've been taught not to. We've been taught to ignore all the sirens and the signals and just listen to your doctor, just listen to the commercials and the media. And, you know, now like TikTok has brought me a lot of good information, but also like shit spreads like wildfire on there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the things that I get kind of irritated with, with doctors is it's like, you're pretty much telling me that I can't track my own cycle or figure it out on my own. So you just want me to put on birth control because it's easier for you. And then it's supposed to be easier for me. Well, is it going to be easier for me 10 years down the road when I want to start having a bunch of kids? You know, is it going to, cause I'm going to have to figure that all out again. And so it's kind of like, you're almost like, I feel like part of it with the doctors and they're practicing medicine. So like, they don't have all the answers, but they should have a little something, you know? But I think like, if you're telling me that I can't do that and just to put me on this drug, cause it's easier, that doesn't sit well with me. Like I want to own my body and I want to do what's right for it. And I'm the only one that can do that. So I think it's about time that women actually start stepping up and owning it. Yeah. But, I mean, right. It's, it's, I'm so glad we're, we're starting to move into this place where women are being like, fuck that. <laughs> like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that just because you said that when everything else internally, physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally is telling me, no, I'm not gonna just blindly listen anymore. Cause I feel like that's honestly, like, I feel like sadly people look at doctors like God. And Mm -hmm. I am so thankful for doctors. Like they went to school. They're the ones who save us. If I have a broken arm, like I'm not going to fix this. Like they a hundred percent serve their purpose and they are needed, but Mm -hmm. also they do not know everything. And also science 
changes constantly. Like if we, if you've looked at the news lately mm-hmm. and seen all the stuff that the CDC is saying that completely contradicts what they were saying a year ago, like you have to be fluid <laughs> with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. I absolutely love the fact that we have been able to have this conversation about tampons and periods and doctors and all the things. I want to ask you a question about marketing though, because I think Mm -hmm. it's really interesting what you're doing. So I feel like a lot of your marketing has been you going on the front stage, going to like turning point conferences and you are on Bibitar, is that what it's called? Right. You had a, an interview with a big. News oh, Breitbart. 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 Oh, I have been. It was a B. It was a B. Yeah. A B news outlet. Would you say that that's where a lot of your, the traction came from for Garnu? We interrupt this regularly scheduled programming to introduce you to this new life-changing groundbreaking mastermind for the woman who knows that she wants more in her life. Who's done with the tedious, monotonous, boring day-to-day routine that makes her feel unfulfilled. Life is too short for that. And this nine month container is going to completely transform the way you look at yourself the way you show up and the way that you run your business. The Rebirth Mastermind is here. Link in the show notes to book a discovery call and see if it's right for you. Now back to the episode. Yes. Yep. So we um, initially were finding, I have a sticker. This is how it first started. I have the sticker that says girls only. So it's like a little stamp. And then it says can have, can menstruate and have babies. That's all it says. Okay. That sparked a ton of controversy. This is a few months ago. And so I found this radical feminist movement who loved it. Like the JK Rowling feminists. Think of like those people. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the first initial traction. And then I'm like, all right, where can I find more women like this who are like seeing for women? And so we found a turning point USA. They had a women's conference. And so we're like, all right, let's just do it. I was kind of seeing a bit of a Hail Mary because I'm like, I don't know, let's give it a shot. So we we went to it and kind of just really introduced the brand to these girls. And there was like 3000 girls there that are more traditionally conservative, right? And so which aligns with kind of what the whole only women can get periods movement. So we started there and it seemed to work. And so that's where we got a ton of attention and we got kind of the grassroots original girls who were really out there fighting for you know, the brands and the beliefs that they have. And so kind of our, our tribe, so to speak. So we found this tribe and then it just multiplied because more people were finding out about it. And so, especially with events, if you can get in front of them and start talking to them, like that's the best sales thing that you can do is actually talking about your brand. And for us, like we make it cute. We're trying to make periods fun. We're, we call it periods that don't cramp your style. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make it a fun thing so that when you receive your box every month, it's, you know, not like you're still excited, but you're getting your period. So it's kind of just changing the narrative behind it. And we fight human trafficking and we stand up for women. So there's, there's all these and things that we do that you can't just get across and just an ad, but like getting and talking to the real people. So that kind of did launch us and getting in the front and talking to people. And I'm very authentic. I want to talk to people. I don't want to hide behind anything. I just want to get to know all these incredible women that we get to call our customers and we get to partner with. And so I think the events have definitely been a huge, a huge thing for us. Oh, I love that. Cause I feel like so many people have been afraid to go out in person still. And they people want to get out. Yeah. And there's not, I feel like with the whole rise of like the online coaching industry and everyone having an Instagram business, I feel like it's such an untapped market to actually show up in person. And 
I'm a communications major. So I know that 90% of your, your communication, like Macy and I talking right now, you listening to this 90% of it is nonverbal. So, I mean, like you're just listening to this on audio. You can't see our mannerisms and our facial expressions and the way that we're moving our hands and talking with, well, I'm talking with my hands, but it's, it's just interesting to me because if you want the most powerful marketing strategy in the world, you got to do what, what Macy's doing and just get out in public and talk to people just just talk about your brand like it's the only thing you know in the world <laughs> and oh, it's yeah. sick mm-hmm. and you've been invited to talk on I mean multiple platforms yep and I love podcasts and we've actually found that to be a really good I mean I listen to them 24 7 and I think a lot of people do and they're so fun and so we found even like podcast advertisements with the specific audience that works pretty well with you. They work pretty well. You know, it just kind of getting out there and talking to people and trying to do non-traditional that was maybe traditional. I don't know, just trying it, trying different things, you know, podcasts are huge. And so finding different things there and we're trying to figure out the influencer marketing space because that has changed. Ooh, I'll help you so much, Mm. so much. And you know, you, you get people where everybody's online and you know, yeah, does it not work? How do you make it work? Influencer marketing is so powerful. I will say that. So Mm -hmm. freaking powerful. I worked with a girl who has a a clothing based company. It's just sassy sweatshirts, like cozy sweatshirts and sayings. And just from reaching out like a $600 a month budget for influencer spend. And it's like, I mean, that's like 10 influencers a month. We have had her post organically go viral like three times within a month. And I'm talking like over, I think like, at least 300,000 people. And that's just from a post, just one post for a $25 sweatshirt that was gifted. So, I mean, like it's super powerful because people people trust people. Like that's why we have, that's why we have the links in our bio, in our bio. That's why we have the link sticker. That's why that's why shit on TikTok goes, like if something blows up on TikTok, it's amazing. I was Mm -hmm. in Sephora yesterday and I saw we had 30 million people try this on TikTok or something. And I'm like, we're really using TikTok as our, our leverage now, but I mean, Hey, it's fun. It's fun. It's really interesting. Okay. So my last question for you, what are the challenges that you've had so far that you've seen like starting this product-based company? Like what are the challenges that somebody who's like, Ooh, I have an idea for a product-based company, but they, you know, they're kind of tunnel vision and like, I just want to make it happen. They need to think about the bigger issues that mm-hmm. right. That's a great question. Cause it's one of those things. It's just always, you got to keep going. I think one of the things that I wish I would have done was start sooner because I don't think I started soon enough, but I was dealing with an FDA approved product. So that's a little different. So there's all these other hoops that you have to go through. And so for me, I think I needed to meditate on it a little longer and like figure it out and kind of just go a little slower, but I wish I would have gone faster in understanding like, okay, I just need to get a product out and I need to figure out, cause you're supposed to be embarrassed by your first product. Like that's, that's what they say. You should be embarrassed by your first anything. And to me, I wasn't as embarrassed as I think I should have been when I came out of the gate because I just wanted to get something out there. And I really wanted to have it really intricate and reflect the brand that it is. And so, and I have a marketing background and branding. And so that was super important to me. And and I've dealt with brands who didn't have any budget for any marketing or any branding. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, that's not going to be here. It's going to be, it's going to be a great brand. And so I think going after that and figuring out, okay, this is what I want, but let's just go with it. And let's pivot from there. Cause you're going to find your audience. You just need to 
figure it out and just put something out there and test it and test it and test it, find what works and go after it. I love that you, you added the, the pivot aspect of it too, because that's, it's super important because I feel like when we first start our business, no matter what we're doing, we're like, we're trying to reach everybody. We're trying to serve all the people we can just to figure it out. And then you start you start serving all the people and then you realize what you hate and what you don't like and what you don't want to do and who you don't want to serve. And then you just, you literally, you probably look like a piranha in water, just like making the water, just like going back and forth pivoting, but it gets you to that sweet spot where you're at right now. And I'm sure you'll pivot more too, Oh yeah, where you're like, you're starting to take off and things are like rapidly growing because of the pivots you've made. Like if you were in that first place that you started in, you probably wouldn't even be where you are now. Oh no. Well, and I think a lot of people are scared to make bold moves because you know, it's, it's their brand, it's their product, it's their thing that they did. And so if they go bold, then they can't really retract it or they can't, it's just, it, they're scared to do it. And so, and I've worked for countless people who, okay, we can't, we can't do that slightly controversial thing. Cause that might reflect bad on us. I'm not sure. And so a lot of hesitation. And so with us, I'm like, well, this isn't working. So let's just do it. Let's try it. Let's give it a shot. We're still small enough to where it's not like we're Tampax and we're making a, a different move. We're still a smaller company so we can pivot again and keep going. But I think people are just too scared to do something different. And I think things are changing and you and I have seen this. There's a lot of people who won't buy products anymore because of what they publicly stand for and they won't retract. And so if we can figure out how to be different and use that to our advantage. And that's what I've been seeing. It kind of works. Yes. And it's like, listen, I'm here. I don't care what you think. We're just going to try this. If it doesn't work, we're just going to try something new. And I think that's honestly every business owner that's listening to this or any person who's like, I maybe I want to step into entrepreneurship or maybe I just want to be more bold in my personal life. Take Mm -hmm. Macy's advice, what she is saying, just freaking do it. Yeah. Do it. It's their life is so it's way too short to be questioning and fearful of, well, what if I get canceled or well, what if I lose a sponsorship or well, what if, what if, what if for every person that tries to cancel you and hate your brand, you're going to come up with two new people who are like diehard fans. Oh yeah. I mean, just a testament here. I had a, quite a few friends cancel their subscriptions with me initially because of what I was standing for. And I'm like, you know, and I'm just, you know, just this, just so sad about it. And, and then a week later I got like 500 more, you know? So it's just, it's just funny how it all works and it all returns. And so you can be bold. They're there. Mm. Yes. Okay. I have one last question that popped into my mind. What does your day-to-day look like as a female founder of a product-based tampon brand on the internet? It's a fun one. So I wanted to do something that I could actually kind of make money when I sleep. You know, that's something that I really wanted to do. I've done consulting in like service-based businesses before and they're fun, but it still depends on my workload and what I can do. And so that's one of the reasons why I chose e-commerce. But honestly, it's just working with manufacturers all day, figuring out the best products that work for you and work for the customers. I have a stack of pads right here because we're testing pads out. So it's kind of fun. And just working with different people I work with a lot of we have a team now and trying to find and navigate what the what the audience is and where to find the audience and in different advertising moves and so I love marketing that's like my thing and I want to be there all day long but as a founder I've noticed it's not where I get to camp most of the time which is so sad to me I'm like I just need to find a co-founder who can do all the boring stuff you know that'd be great but like finding joy in like those things too and it's just it's one thing after another but it's trying to figure out okay 
time blocking. This is what I'm doing each day and, you know, and serve it there. I'm still on social media. You'll probably see my face on there a few times, but yeah. Yeah. That's how I found you. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait, I found your brand first. And I was like, wait, I need to, I need to see who started this. And then I saw, I was like, wait, this is amazing. So I obviously had to ask you to be on the podcast, but I'm so glad I did. Cause I feel like we touched so many different areas that I mean, most people don't want to talk about, like people don't want to talk about their periods on the internet. And they also don't want to talk about the fact that Americans are shielded in a bubble and they don't want to, you know, think about anything outside of their own thoughts. And yeah, <laughs> they have a hard time with that. <laughs> oh yeah. Everybody does. It's just, it's kind of getting out of yourself, you know, like mm-hmm. seeing what other people are seeing and taking ownership and taking your control of your body again and understanding that your period, I think, is the fifth vital sign of health now. What? So if you're not getting a period regularly, you might want to look into that. Oh my gosh. I know so many people who purposely get on birth control that makes them not have a period. Mm-hmm. Oh. Something yeah. to think about. Just a little, just a little seed to be planted. You can mm-hmm. water it if you'd like. <laughs> I'll throw some almond milk latte on it. It'll, it'll... <laughs> yeah, it'll do something. Well, Macy, thank you so much. Where can people find you and how can they work with you? Yes, for sure. So you can go to our website, garnu.com, G-A-R-N-U-U, um, or our Instagram, it's at Garnu. I'm at Macy.Maxon. And so you can talk to me there. If you DM me on Instagram, we can make something happen. It's fun. Oh. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know this episode is going to strike a chord in one way or another, but I'm super excited to have you on here and have this conversation that's obviously much needed. Oh, for sure. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Hey, thank you so much for coming out to the lounge today. It is truly an honor to have you here a part of this journey in this community with us. If you're loving this podcast, share it with a friend, tag us on social media and leave some love in the reviews below. Also, there are still resources for you in the show notes below. So do not miss those before you exit out of this podcast. All right. See you next week.